Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon and welcome to the Nurture Heart Approach December podcast. I'm Catherine Stafford. I'm a licensed clinical social worker in private practice here in Washington State and I am also a Nurture Heart Approach advanced trainer, counselor, and author. Today I'm co-hosting with a special guest. Today I have Josh Kirsten who is joining me from California. Good morning, Josh. Good afternoon. Oh my goodness, it's afternoon. Good afternoon, yeah, Josh. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining me. Thank you for stepping in for Howie, who's jumping from India to Italy today for his travels and training. I really appreciate you stepping in. No problem. It's an honor. So I have a little bit of a bio on you, but I'm wondering, for just the sake of you giving me your version of, of what you do so beautifully well, if you can talk a little bit about kind of your role with Nurture Heart Approach in California. Sure, no problem. So... I work in the school system, um, mainly focused in special ed, but I do both special ed and general ed. I work with anyone from age pre-K um, all the way up to age 22, which is when the uh, special education adults can go right. to school until in California, so 22. And um, I've also done some in-home work with families, um, on special requests, but that's definitely not um, my niche. My niche is schools and working with uh, staff, both whole school, individual teacher, that kind of stuff, to work with those kids that they've exhausted all their resources and mm-hmm. people are, are just pulling their hair out and going, I have no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. And so they usually call me to fix the kid, and then they get really surprised when I meet with them and not the kid. Right. And it's really right. fun. And, um, yeah, and so Nurture Heart's been wonderful because – at one point in my career, maybe about seven years ago, when I was realizing that all the things I've been taught are awesome, but there's, you know, these times where I'm like, I don't know what to do for you. Right. And um, I happened to stumble upon Nurtured Heart because part of my job was always active search for someone has to have something better going on out there. Mm-hmm. And I read one thing that said something about why would you walk by the two kids that are on task to go talk to the one kid that's off task? And I was right. hooked, and I dug in, and it's been the best thing that I've found ever since. And so I just keep exploring it and enjoying it and teaching other people about it, and that's where I'm at with Nurtured Heart. So I, I, I love, love that. It. That sounds fantastic, and they're probably so blessed to have you for their district. Which district are you in? Where are you in um, California? So, uh, I'm in Northern California, so okay. um, I, I work in Tehama County, um, three days a week, and then I do private consulting two days a week. Fantastic. So wow. I, I, I go pretty much anywhere people want me to go during my private consulting days. Mm. So we are going to talk about Nurture Heart Approach in Bullying today, and so I am going to uh, to introduce our guest really quickly. And so I'm, I'm curious if, that, if this is something that you have seen and, and used your Nurture Heart Approach training in as well, Josh, in your schools and your training to focus on that bullying topic. Or is this oh, new yeah. and exciting information for you as well with our guests? No, no, absolutely. I mean, it's a no-brainer to me how it, how it fits in, and I'm, I'm just really excited to hear our guests um, share their wisdom. So Fantastic, and you will be, I'm sure, in, in that conversation as well. Okay, so I am really looking forward to this talk on bullying and how Nurture Heart Approach really brings a new paradigm to how we look at, at bullying and, and the challenge of kind of extinguishing that behavior. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce our guests. The first guest I would like to introduce is Karen Clayton. Karen Clayton is a certified advanced trainer um, and enthusiast. She believes that regardless of the environment, there's always an opportunity to share and be Nurtured Heart Approach. 
During her time as a program coordinator, Karen created I Am Part of the Solution, which is an anti-bullying program founded in Nurtured Heart Approach. Um, since June of this year, June of 2014, Karen has provided therapeutic foster care services in her home and has witnessed the same life-serving outcome as a result of Nurtured Heart Approach. She holds a master's degree in education with an emphasis on youth who are emotionally and behaviorally at risk, and Karen offers classes and coaching for parents, teachers, and professionals. Welcome, Karen. Thank you for coming back. Thank you. I'm, I'm just so honored and pleased to be here today. Thanks. I'm, I'm loving that you're back to talk about this topic. Our second yeah. wonderful guest today is Tanya Frazier. Tanya Frazier is a dynamic presenter with a passion to help others find joy and peace in their professional and personal lives. She has a BA in elementary education and has also worked extensively with families in both home and agency-based parent education. Tanya is a Nurture Heart Approach Advanced Trainer and is the owner of Heart to Heart Consulting, through which she provides coaching and presentations on Nurture Heart Approach locally, nationally, and internationally. She is the Director of Trainer Networks for the Children's Success Foundation, and following her passion on the topic, excuse me, passion on the topic of ceasing bullying, Tanya will be presenting at the 2014-15 Nurtured Heart Approach Global Summit and the National Conference on Bullying in Orlando, Florida. Good afternoon, Tanya. Hello. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for joining us. Um, you know, I'm laughing. I, I forgot to mention with Josh, we have our, our fantastic producer behind the scenes who is currently on Tornado Watch. And so I'm just half waiting to have something happen during this conversation. If that happens, we'll come back to it. But in the meantime, we will wish her safety behind the scenes as she keeps our podcast rolling today. Um, thank you both. Thank you so much for coming today and talking about this topic. It's really, really important. Um, and as Josh said, it's a no-brainer that Nurtured Heart kind of flows into this area of focus. Um, I would love to have you guys both talk about your work in this area. And I, I think I was telling you before the show, you know, this isn't something that I've looked into. I know there's lots and lots of programs out there on anti-bullying. And in doing a quick search, one of the things that struck me was the fact that there's growing scrutiny that these anti-bullying programs that are out there are actually making things worse. Um, and that seems to be a growing concern. And so I wonder if that's a good starting place for us to have our conversation begin about, you know, why Nurtured Heart? Why is this so different than the many, many programs that are already out there? Tanya, you know, since you're going to jump into this national conference, my guess is you are very well versed in this. And maybe you could give some, some perspective on that. Absolutely. I'd be happy to start. Um, for me, I think the place to begin in the topic of bullying is, is looking at it from a place of prevention. We say that we, as a culture, value bullying prevention, and yet most of the curriculum and most of the interventions that are out there in schools and communities are reactive concepts. Right. Um, if we truly want to prevent bullying, then we need to build stronger children. And in building stronger children, that's not... Um, where we need to create children who know how to react when bullying happens, we actually need to take a step beyond and before that and build children who are strong on the inside. Um, in doing so, we inherently will create bystanders that have more power and actually a, a higher likelihood of stepping up and standing up in situations. And we will um, inherently reach children who... Uh, exhibit bullying behaviors and help build a stronger child who then naturally chooses not to make those kinds of choices. Um, right. So I think my biggest platform when it comes to 
um, the reason the Nurture Heart approach is so blatantly perfect for this is because it is all about prevention. It's all about creating a culture in which children are nourished um, and creating a situation in which from the custodian to the principal to the paraprofessional to the classroom teacher, people are enriched and committed to building stronger children instead of committed to running around policing when bullying may be happening. Right, right, yeah. right. The article that I was reading was, I think it's Stuart Twemlow, who is um, professor of health sciences at University College in London or something like that, and that's exactly what he said. We need to take the focus off of the bullying, off of the bullies, off of the problem, if you will, and focus instead on comprehensively reforming the school culture. And so that's exactly what you're talking about. Um, yeah. yeah. So um, this is Karen, uh, and I just want to piggyback on that. So when I came in as program coordinator and was asked to implement some kind of anti-bullying, I really leaned heavily on my experience with Nurtured Heart to stop focusing on the problem. Right. And we know that whenever we just throw more energy at the problem, that's what we get more of is more of the problem. So along with other people in my school, we came up with I am part of the solution. You know, that is already a nurtured heart aspect when you look at the positive side, what's going right, what are you doing, you know, that's that's the right thing to be doing. And we took that out into the school and created this whole program around it that it did, just as Tanya said, included everybody in the school, all the adults in the school, all the staff and all the children, to really focus on when bullying wasn't happening. Or if it was happening, we focused on who was stepping up, and we created the Courageous Bystander and the Courageous Bystander Award and shout-outs and things that really nourished those children who were doing it right. And what we found, and I think across the board you will find this, is nobody can do any kind of behavior 100% of the time. It's, it's virtually impossible. So we had children who were not bullying 100% of the time or demonstrating bullying behaviors. There were times when they were actually stepping up and sticking up for somebody, being a courageous bystander. And we got to grab them at that time and and shout them out and show them that they were part of the solution. We saw a, a, an amazing decrease in those incidences of bullying by not, focus, by not focusing on the bullying, by focusing mm-hmm. on when there was not bullying, when there was courageous bystander, when kids were, you know, just even going with a friend to lunch or getting a new friend. So it was all those behaviors that we wanted to see that we encouraged and nourished and shouted out and, you know, really founded on that nurtured heart approach, which is focusing on what's going right in this moment. Mm-hmm. That that sounds like a great great pr- program. I'm wondering, as you guys are talking, I'm thinking of zero tolerance. One of the things I come across a lot in my struggles with the families that I support <laughs> outside of schools is this concept of zero tolerance, which kind of drives me batty personally, which is a different topic. But um, that idea of how do you take the focus off of you know that kid who becomes that kid to everybody, he's got the bullying behavior or she or whatever. What do you do when you have a school who's got the zero tolerance policy in place, this definitively um, consequence-based program, how do, you, how do you kind of get in there and, and give them to have a different perspective of taking that focus off? That's a really good question. Go ahead. No, Tanya, go ahead. <laughs> you go. Um, I was just going to say, you know, I think it's a, there's a step before intervening 
to try and dismantle those kinds of thinking, which is to help the administration, to help the, the lead teachers and, and um, powers that be within the building to see the impact of um, the way that we talk about and speak to and react to children um, right. on their stories and their portfolios. Uh, you know, when we have children who um, exhibit bullying behaviors, we refer to them as a bully, as if that is the entirety of their being. Um, and zero-tolerance policies tend to really just feed into that portfolio of mm -hmm. students that that is who they are, that that is what they deserve, instead of being able to see that they are, there are other ways for them to live out who they are. Um, you know, we would we would never think to refer to a child who has Down syndrome as that Down syndrome kid um, because we know that there's so much more to the child than a diagnosis or a label that's been placed on them. And yet, we are very quick to walk around schools and to label child A, B, and C based on those titles. And then once a child has that label, um, then we justify those labels by having policies like zero tolerance um, right. that then become and look very cookie cutter. And, and, and I think one thing that helps me in situations when I'm working with schools is to have compassion that schools have zero tolerance policies because they want to be clear. That's the intention. However, it's not clear um, okay. because there is no such thing as cookie cutter in, in the world at all. Mm -hmm. There's my start. <laughs> yeah, so, and I think that's a great question because there are, just like Tanya said, you know, this need for schools to create safe environments for children and for staff. And whenever those bullying behaviors come up, it's not safe. You know, people become afraid. Um, even teachers are fearful when there's bullying going on when it's towards another child. So everybody's working their best to create these safe environments. And, and we get to these ultimatums in order to create those safe environments. Or, or we're thinking we're going to create that safe environment. But the way I like to look at it is that, you know, it's kind of working like a weed that you just infiltrate that space with something like different, something that you want. And there's not room for everything. You can't have a zero tolerance policy and a program that's running such as I am part of the solution because I am part of the solution comes from a very restorative place. Mm -hmm. So you have a child that has an acting out behavior one day, but if the next day he or she is, being a courageous bystander, we take that on. They are then, that's their new label is a courageous bystander. And we're going to let them wear that one. And, and so you crowd out, you just, you just work like a weed and you crowd out that, that mindset of zero tolerance, that mindset of, you know, once a bully, always a bully, or, you know, that we're going to take this snapshot in time and you're going to live that forever. Um, things are just more dynamic than that. And, um, and so I can't, I can't ever remember a time that I could argue or talk somebody into believing what I believe, but I can remember many of times where I've been able to show them, you know, implement the process, let it work, let it do its work, and then bring people on board. And Karen, this is Tanya. I just, I love the way that the Nurtured Heart Approach provides an opportunity for a child to make a different choice to make a different choice in a new moment and to truly be forgiven. That doesn't mean that they don't, you know, 
if, if someone's been hurt, there may be, um, you know, some acts of restoration that can be taken in order to help resolve a situation or restore a relationship. Um, but the right. beauty is that that child is not the sum of their, their screw-ups. Um, and, right. and let me be real, I also, as an adult, do not want to be defined as the sum of my mistakes. Um and the beauty of what this approach provides for kids is a different way to see themselves and one another. Um, and I think one of the beautiful things that the nurture her approach provides in the world of bullying is a new way for children to see one another. Because when yeah. we learn to love one another, it's a heck of a lot harder to bully when you see good in your peers. And this, this, uh, concept provides so many wonderful ways for children and adults to be able to see one another through eyes that aren't filled with criticism, judgment, and and competition. Yeah. Right. I love what you're saying because as you're talking, I'm writing down some thoughts that I'm having. And you know, because for me, the zero tolerance, in essence, what I'm hearing, and, it, and it's taking it down to you know, kindergartners now being suspended for what I think is really developmentally appropriate behavioral choices, standing in line or whatever. So that part aside, it really seems like it takes the power away from teachers because teachers now have this protocol that they have mm-hmm. to follow, which really sets these kids up from little bitty and beyond to really be seen in the in the eyes of everybody as this negative, you know, influence within the school. And so what you're talking about is so profound in the trajectory of even these little bitty guys who really don't have any of their choice with some of these protocols except for stepping onto that road of, you know, naughty kid in the classroom or whatever. So it's it's huge. Well, and here's another beautiful aspect of the Nurture Heart approach. You know, we know how um, where we focus our energy is what we get more of, and kids want that energy. They just really want to be where that energy is. Well, we all do. And um, this program was implemented at a middle school when kids are trying to define themselves and identify and looking to their peers. And what we really noticed with this um, is that I am part of the solution, and being a courageous bystander made it popular to not be a bully. Right. So as you bring in... As you're giving that energy, as you're, you know, really um, calling them out and nurturing them in those aspects that you want to see more of, it became popular <clears throat> to be um, one of the peace ambassadors. And, and the kids in my school named themselves the peace ambassadors. Um, so peace standing for positive energy and action concerning everyone. Uh, and I thought Beautiful. that was just pretty amazing that that's how they saw themselves, you know, and this was our first year running. So it was popular. They made videos. They they took this out and did training for um, some of the departments of our school, including transportation or our school mm-hmm. district. So it's it's the beauty of Nurtured Heart, you know, just lifting up, raising up, lifting up. Yeah. I love that. You know, the other, the other, oh, go ahead, Josh. Well, you know, I just want to follow your guys' um, uh, conversation here, and and I would, uh, I I like to play devil's advocate a little bit, and I I want um, you guys to talk about how the zero tolerance um, policy here, so um, when we're, we're describing how Richard Hart works, differently than zero tolerance works. Could you speak to the clarity Nurtured Heart has around bullying? And does that mean 
that we are taking a stand that is not zero tolerance. Do we have tolerance for bullying? That's my question. It's a great question, Josh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, what the way that the nurture heart approach looks at, at zero tolerance is a different it's a different variation without the condemnation and the punishment that is so often right. correlated to zero tolerance. Yeah. Um the beauty for a person who's listening to this this um talk who may not know the approach is that there's an entire stand of the nurture heart approach. One third of the approach is based on clarity and having clear expectations um in which every school classroom and home would have a clear expectation that treating each other um, using behaviors that exhibit bullying is not acceptable. Um, the difference becomes that instead of um, the the punishments connected to that behavior being ongoing and defining, um, the child is, is clearly told that the behavior is not acceptable um, through a very unenergetic um, communication. And then it is in their uh, the ball is in their court to make a different choice. And the adults around that child are trained and and given the skills to be able to provide support for that child um, in that journey for them to find their way back to making better choices. Yeah. So and even yeah, So, and even in the context of, so a, a, like a, a definite example of that might be on occasion we would have children that would, demonstrate bullying behaviors and they would be brought in to um, some kind of a restorative process. But rather than focusing on the behavior of the bullying, we would then start focusing on the power of courage to take responsibility and the power of um, integrity or honesty or any of those aspects that it takes to just step up and say, yeah, I did that and I see that it was wrong and I want to make a different choice. Like even in that moment of implementing that zero po- zero tolerance policy, you can find that which can be nurtured and brought forward. And that was my experience time after time when I would put children together who had been involved in some kind of activity that could be described as bullying and watch them create relationships with each other and take responsibility and then being able to acknowledge that back to them. You know, mm-hmm. from this from the place of this approach. Yeah. And so it sounds to me like the nurtured heart approach to zero tolerance bullying has a life after bullying. And if you have a zero tolerance reactive punitive policy, then you don't have anything left once the bullying is gone. So mm-hmm. you're dependent on bullying. Yeah. Hmm. I love that, Josh. I love that. And if we know anything about children who bully, we know, and though it may be a bit culturally cliche, that children who are hurting hurt children, you know, people who are mm-hmm. hurting hurt people. And so instead of getting stuck in a paradigm in which we think the perfect punishment is going to help those kids not do that, let's step back and help heal these children. Let's give them what they're crying for, which is connection, which is relationship, which is a way to engage with their peers. Um, And that happens beyond that, like you say, Josh, that punitive window, um, that the magic happens both before and after um, the the behaviors are exhibited. It's communication. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love that question, Josh, because, again, what I'm writing down also on, on the heels of what you're saying so beautifully well, Tanya, is that extra piece of kids who are dysregulated children 
also equal challenging behavior, which also leads to that unintended, you know, payoff of you're bullying other kids because you're having these big behaviors. And so for me, one of the differences with zero tolerance, nurtured heart versus non, is the unintentional outcome versus the intentional outcome. With zero yeah. tolerance, with traditional model, the unintended outcome is this is who you are. This is, you know, who you believe you are. This is who everybody else believes you are. And it's exactly the opposite with nurtured heart approach. Zero tolerance equals zero energy to the negative, and we refuse to see you as this. This is not who you are. You are so much more than this moment of whatever it is that's happening, whether it's through dysregulation or choice or whatever. It's such a profound difference. Great, great question, Josh. I love that. And Catherine, jumping on, on the heels of that, it also includes a giant energetic fiesta of connection yeah. and relationship with the adults in that child's life. Um, yeah. When they exhibit bullying behaviors, look at who shows up. Right. And look at the intensity with which the adults show up in their lives through policies just like zero tolerance uh, right. and many other uh, policies that seem to be very clear. Um, the energetic payoff far supersedes the negative connotations of the consequence or punishment. Right, right. Right. Yeah, I heard a wonderful administrator tell me uh, um, something that really made sense, which goes along the lines with what you just said, Tanya. And he said that when you ride a horse, you have to have your feet and your hands telling the horse the same thing, or the horse doesn't know where the hell it's going. And oh. so it sounds like it. this zero tolerance stuff, our, our words are saying don't bully, but the energy party is for bullies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Right. It reminds me of, I love Howie's story, how he always talks about how you get sent to the principal's office or the counselor's office and you're smelling her perfume and you're falling in love with her because there's this deep relationship around your behavior. Yeah. Yeah. So here's my question for you guys. And Josh, you're included in this question. So it's, you know, for all of us who do Nutrient Heart Approach, know that you just go in there and you just live the approach and you teach the approach. And one of the outcomes is that you're going to get a reduction in bullying behavior. It's just a given. So do you guys go in there and just try and teach, not just, but teach the approach with the focus on we know that that's going to happen, or are you bringing it in as an anti-bullying campaign in and of itself? Tanya? Does that make sense? (laughs) So this is Tanya speaking. When I go into schools, um, I can market the nurtured heart approach as a bullying prevention concept, um, mm-hmm. or I cannot market it as a bullying prevention concept, and it's going to be bullying prevention. Um, there's a lot of schools that, in order to access me as a trainer, they utilize bullying prevention funds or mm-hmm. climate school climate funds or those kinds of things. Um, and so then you can, you know, I can utilize that in the way that we. Um, you know, market or, or pitch the um, the cost estimates. But in, in the end, I think, Catherine, you're exactly right. Whether or not we spin it that way, we always land on this topic because there isn't a school that I've presented at um, that that isn't um, very attuned to this topic. It's it's the biggest topic in education. Yeah. In yeah, I, I, I think that we do ourselves a disservice as a society to be overly reductionistic and think mm-hmm. that we can move in and address bullying alone or misbehavior in the classroom alone, um, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons I'm so in love with the Nurtured Heart Approach because it talks about the you know, the whole community and the celebration of the child, and it really doesn't have anything to do with bullying or negative behavior. Okay. 
So I'm going to make a confession here that when I brought this into the school that I was at, that I didn't label it as the nurtured heart approach. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan I, of that. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> sure. I, um, I'm in Tucson. I'm in the homeland of Howie, and mm-hmm. um, it's been a rough go getting nurtured heart into some of the schools around here and, you know, into the district. So um, I just made a, a real conscious choice that I was going to bring in all the aspects of it and, and just really watch it so that it stayed pure to the nurtured heart um, philosophy that I did not label it nurtured heart. And so we were flying under the radar with it. Um, some of my teachers had been to some of the trainings I had done, but not all of them. And um, so I, we, were, we were teaching as we were going. Like we were, everybody was part of that learning process, including the staff, as it was being implemented. So it was very organic and um, I, it was interesting because as we built the program, I, I did a weekly curriculum that consisted of searching um, the Internet for good videos that showed how to, how to respond to when bullying happens. And mm-hmm. I would get all these videos from teachers and, and some students that were really, you know, that negative side of here's what the bully has done and here's, you know, the aftermath of it. And I, I just had to be so clear in what was a video that was okay to show. And it's surprising how many really positive videos are out there that show um, here's here's how to step in and be a courageous bystander. But yeah, just to get back to the question, we flew under the right under the radar, and it was very effective. Well, I have found that in you know in experiencing how to share this with schools, that it's not the title of the approach that that makes or breaks the difference. I think you know people buy into this approach when they hear what it does, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so I I have found when I talk about results um, and I talk about outcomes and honestly people do the talking for me I'm sure you know um, mm-hmm. that that we because because people are coming and asking for um, these presentations to come to them instead of me needing to go out and try and you know rouse up the interest at this juncture which is great um, but the, the beauty is that that this approach then supersedes like Josh I think you had mentioned that earlier it supersedes the concept of bullying and when we can go at it from a very, very clean and pure perspective, then people are able to see reductions in bullying, but they're also able to see reductions in office visits, and they're also able to see reductions in the amount of time that they're spending, um, you know, trying to put out fires in the classroom and, and the mm-hmm. amount of handling that they're seeing. It, it has a broader a broader reach. Um, you know, and it also has a really, really, really strong correlation, and I may be segueing a bit here in saying this, um, but it, it has such a strong correlation to the way that staff take care of themselves mm-hmm. and one another. Um, and so, you know, though sometimes, it, you know, it can be marketed from a place of, of bullying prevention, it's, I think, doing it on its own and, and trying to sell it from that perspective alone does sell the approach a bit short just because it has so many other far-reaching um, uh, outcomes um, right. beyond just the world of bullying. Yeah. Tell well, us more about your that. thoughts about that, Josh. Well, yeah, and, you know, I, I love what Tony's saying there because for me, when I, you know, 
as I came into the um, schooling world as a, a strict behaviorist and looking at things as action consequence, action consequence, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of things. And, um, you know, again, I think when you tell kids what not to do, then if you're a kid like I was a kid, <laughs> I come up with a really cool new thing to do that's way worse than the one you just told me not to do, right? And so right. I'm just playing this fun game of, well, you told me not to hit him, so I'll kick him. And you told me not to kick him, so I'll spit on him. You know, or I'll pull the strings of the and be the puppeteer in the back of the classroom and get four people in trouble, and I'm not in trouble. Mm-hmm. So the, I think when um, we're saying things like you see a reduction in bullying, a reduction in office visits, a reduction in these things, that's, that's um, true, and it's what people focus on first. And then a year later, what you start hearing is, and they're getting better grades, and they have more friends, and they're mm-hmm. more appropriate when they speak to people, and they have a mm-hmm. whole new vocabulary. And you know what I mean? And so it's this balanced thing that actually deals with both sides of the equation. It's what not to do, but it is what to do. Mm-hmm. Let's talk Let's talk a little bit about the concepts. And again, I, I'm, this is not my domain really, but the idea of portfolio and inner wealth and how that building kids up from the inside can can transcend into this world of cyberbullying and texting and all the social media and all that stuff that my guest scares the bejeebers out of um, people <laughs> out there in the schools with how do we have our influence at school, you know, transfer over into what they're doing when they're outside of our walls. Tanya, I know you mentioned that. I watched your, your video clip that you have on YouTube, which is really beautiful. Um Talking about that in portfolio and how when we build kids up, you know, when they know who they are and when they know how to, to look at their friends and their peers and how not to energize the negative. You know, let's talk about that because to me, you know, I think the idea of cyberbullying is, is so in our face all the time now in the media and how we're hearing about these stories of things that are happening. Absolutely. You know, I, I think there, there's such a natural fear for people to hear of a concept that is is laden with with being positive and being intentional on finding what's mm-hmm. right and how that can sound so Pollyannish and too soft. Um, and yet when we look at, you know, what leads a child to make choices that um, that injure other people either physically or emotionally, um, that's done from such a place of, of self-pain. Um, and and as, as Catherine, as you mentioned, portfolio, for folks on the call who may not know what that term means, uh, you know, we all carry around a, a, a some collection of what we believe to be true about who we are, and that is accumulated based on our experiences. And so there's so many children in our midst, um, young and old children, whose perception of who they are is, is um, tanked. And their their opinions of themselves are so low that why not treat other people like crap? Excuse my French, because mm-hmm. um, I don't believe I even deserve any better than that. Because I believe that that is very accurate as to who I am. So when we can help kids to see that they have value. And not just from a boy, you're a great kid. I believe in you. Kind of, you know. Uh, 
I don't know, uh, disconnected cheerleader mm-hmm. perspective, but instead from a place of let me prove it to you. Let me prove to you the value that you have. Let me prove to you the qualities that you have that are factual and true about you as a person. Um, and let's connect that to and let's begin to have you be able to see those very qualities in other people. In those moments, portfolios change. And when a child then begins to see the evidence of who they are become different, then their perception of who they are becomes different and the way that they navigate the world becomes different. And that can be heard from such a, um, you know, boy, that sounds so nice. (laughs) But we see it time and time again in every school that I've trained, uh, in every home that I've worked with, I have seen those kinds of shifts in kids when they learn to see themselves differently. Heck, when the parents or the teachers that we work with begin to see ourselves differently, um, outcomes change. Right. Yeah. We had let me just say to that, Tanya, that you're talking, you're not talking about some kids that might, you know, take a compliment here and there. And, the, you know, these are the toughest suckers that you bet. people have come up mm-hmm. against. The gang-affiliated mm-hmm. kids and the, you know, physically violent and and so on. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you you can give us, you know, the, the, the toughest kid on the block or the, the sneakiest cyber bully um, on the web, and, and behind those behaviors we can see a child who's hurting or an adult who's hurting. And so yeah. the, the response always needs to be, okay, yes, um, sure, there could be consequences for that, but let's get bigger than that. We don't want to see this trend continue, and the trends are not going to cease because of consequences alone. Mm-hmm. They need to cease because that person chooses that they are not that person um, who wants to be defined as that any longer. Yeah. And and part of the, just to piggyback on what you're saying, Tanya, is I see the power with the nurtured heart approach is these various ways of nourishing kids, you know, with all the different um, recognitions that we give. And for me, the powerful one with these kids that are really, really hurting, you know, that that portfolio tells them what they've already done and how bad they are for what they've already done. And so to tell them when you see them not doing that, I see you not doing what I know you know how to do. Right now you're making that choice to be a friend or to um, not hurt somebody. They're making that choice, and and changing that portfolio gets down to that that small, that incremental step of using that uh, proactive recognition. And that's the one for me that has all the power. I continue to work with children like that, even though I'm no longer in the school. And that's what I I use the most is that I see you not doing this right now, even though I know mm-hmm. you could be. You are becoming somebody different, even in this moment. I love that. We had an interesting situation in our in my town this week last week, whatever time it was, where we had a local high school that was essentially shut down from someone opening a Twitter feed and was posting whatever it is, tweet after tweet of negativity about their peers and, you know, calling people out and all this stuff. And the the community was coming unglued, of course. Um, And I think about 1,600 kids stayed home from school that next next day because I think the last tweet was something like, it's all going to end now or something like that. Um, But it was interesting to me because as it was unfolding in my office with my outpatient kids, every single one of the kids who has a strong portfolio at this point universally said, 
I want to help that kid. I want to lift them up. I want to, you know, whatever. I know they're in pain. I know they're hurting. I know they're different. And it really reminded me of that, you know, that the story about the African tribe, where when someone does something really wrong, they rally around that person and bombard them with the truth of who they are in their truest essence. And you know that kid's probably suspended or expelled or whatever at this point. And it's really interesting for me to watch and experience these kids who really do have that strong portfolio and how that just, just, emanates out of them in every situation, even something as traumatic as, you know, a, a big scare in a big high school. Yeah, and why are we losing these kids that are the bravest kids that are willing to put themselves out there as bullies and um, okay. just sending them away to be somewhere else instead of saying, right. you're the bravest, most intense, gnarliest kid I've met. If we can right. just convince you to be awesome or right. convince you that you are awesome, then you're going to be the, you know, the best kid here, the biggest savior, the one who's going to help the most. Right. Because having not watched this feed, my guess is if I had looked back through the notes, it was probably something along the lines of this has all got to stop. You know, everybody beating each other up, but it came out in a negative way, and so, of course, they get the focus turned on them. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, it, there's just such far reach now with the bullying, with cyberbullying and all that, to see if you can put it on a Twitter feed and suddenly two, two mm-hmm. towns are all falling apart because of a Twitter feed and how quickly we can access the, the resources to get that feed pulled off, you know. And just imagine the, how much power that has in the opposite direction. How Absolutely. Yeah. About how great everybody is and how awesome Absolutely. How, you know, I mean, just as yeah. easy to turn it around. And if you're an emotionally starved child, the ends justify the means, right? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, so you're going to look at this situation and say, yep, I get that behavior was a bad choice. However, I just right. got 16 how many children home from right. school because of my choices? So if I'm trying to hijack and be powerful, because clearly that kid wants to be powerful, let's help right. that kid to see how powerful they are in ways that don't shut schools down. Right. Yep. You know, yep. and this is where it makes connections to, I mean, you know, bullying make strong connections to, you know, school violence and guns. Now, school shooting at my home high school, this has a a very close connection to my heart. Um, It it comes down to helping children be able to communicate with one another and to use their power in ways that are bigger um, than than what the media portrays or what, um, what becomes easy. Right. I am watching the time, you guys, and believe it or not, we are down to our last couple of minutes. Um, so if there is anything that you really have on your heart to continue to talk about, please do that. While you're thinking about that, let me also talk about the fact that we have our next certification training intensive, CTI, coming up this January. So just in a few short weeks, January 18 to 23, followed by the third global summit, January 23 to 25 in Tucson. Um, Josh and Tanya, I understand you both are going to be presenting at the summit along with 34 other individuals, including Dr. Peter Bregan, who will be keynote at the gala on Friday night. Um, Registration for that event both events can be found at childrensuccessfoundation.com under the training tab at the top of the page. Um, also, for those of you on the West Coast, like myself and Josh, Howard will be presenting at the West Coast, kind of along the West Coast, as well as Minnesota um, this next spring. And more information about that will be coming back um, in our January podcast. All right, back to you guys. Some parting, so parting thoughts. <laughs> Go ahead. No, please, please. Parting thoughts uh, that you have that you'd like to share. Yeah, so parting thoughts. So here's what I know about human nature, that those behaviors that we call bullying are those in our face, get your adrenaline running, be reactive, 
behaviors from everybody around. They're, sometimes they're scary, and, um, and we react just because we're humans. I just want to put this word out there of encouragement to trust this process, even though it looks like you may need to pull out the big guns to do something different, you know, to do, to address the problem of bullying. You really don't. The nurtured heart approach is so phenomenal in to sit back and do it, trust it, and you will be rewarded with beautiful outcomes. That's, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And I'll back yeah. you up by saying that the nurtured heart is the big gun. It's the big gun that nobody <laughs> knows is the gun. And I would, yeah, and I would also say that there is um, a speaker coming to the World Summit, and the topic is uh, being a warrior in Richard Hart. And to to remember that um, Richard Hart isn't soft Pollyanna nonsense. It is as intense as it needs to be. Yeah. Absolutely. And, And I think my parting thoughts would be to be aware of where we are afraid, because the place that we as adults, and to become most reactive is when we're scared. And so when we can begin to take a, a pulse for our own fear, it helps us to slow down our reaction and get back to our intentions instead. Mm-hmm. Nice. Ah, beautiful. Focus on intention. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys. Um, that's beautiful. Thank you. I'm, I'm underlining things as you guys are talking. Um, next month, next month we're going to be launching our 2015 lineup by having Howard Glasser and Jennifer Easley as our guests. Um, Howard, as you know, is the creator of the approach, chairman of the Children's Success Foundation, and Jennifer is a military family life counselor. She's serving children and families in the service around the country and is currently living in New Mexico. They are going to talk about the early days of the approach, back when they both worked at the Tucson Center of the Difficult Child, how they came to co-author the first Transforming the Difficult Child book, and how Jennifer and Howie together um, developed the stories for Transforming the Difficult Child Stories of Triumph. So that's going to be a fun conversation for people to learn about kind of how it all started. Thank you to our listeners today for their commitment to learning more about Nurture Heart Approach. We hope that you've been inspired um, by Tanya and Karen and Josh. Thank you for hosting with me. I'm so appreciative of you today. Um, going into the holiday season, I wish everybody a fantastic holiday season and end to 2014. Right on. Happy holidays. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Tanya. You are both beautiful, beautiful pearls of wisdom out there doing what you do so beautifully well. Tanya, I always love to talk to you and and hear your dynamic voice and your clarity. And Karen, you are just a soft soul, and I'd love to spend more time with you as well. It's just so such a joy to have you both on the air. Um, Josh, thank you. Thank you for stepping in. Thank you for coming on the air with us. Hopefully Jan is um, safe and sound behind the scenes in, in Oklahoma. Great. Yeah, it was Thank a pleasure. You what, a, what a wonderful lineup. Thanks both of you guests. Absolutely. You're wonderful. Thank you. All it's right. a pleasure. Take care, everyone. Thanks much. Have a great end of your year, and we'll see you next time. All right. Take care. See you later. Bye. shared in this broadcast are amalgams of experiences based on the use of the Nurtured Heart Approach by our hosts and our guests and are not based on any particular person, child, or adult.